This is The Rock of Recovery, and this is Angie Meadows. And this is Will. And today we are in the Relationship Addiction book on Lesson 7. Kick us off. Relationship addiction sucks the life out of you. (laughs) So if you're in a relationship that's addictive, you're pretty well getting the life sucked out of you, and you're just literally learning to survive. So let's work with the introduction here. This lesson is for those who want free from a relationship addiction. Mm -hmm. You must recognize the cycle of a dysfunctional relationship or will end up in the same place repeatedly unless you resist the cycle and develop your own thinking. Anytime you meet someone and there is an intense attraction, distance yourself until you have observed their behavior and investigated their past relationship history with others. If you have healthy boundaries, you will not give in to the impulse to follow this attraction. So set your standards high and develop strong boundaries. So my husband and I noticed that uh, we've been married 35 years and through the decades, if I felt attracted to someone, I would go and I would confess it to him and I would tell him about it. And within you know a week or so, he'd do a little Google search and he'd say, you know, um, they've got they've had domestic violence charges. You know, they've they've been in prison. You know, they they're a pedophile. <laughs> they're a sex offender. And it was weird, but those are the vibrational energies from my childhood that were uh, drawing me in as an adult. So it was a fake thing. It wasn't real. It was that compulsive trauma bond that we were talking about last week. It was something that just felt familiar. Now, if I had not educated myself on this, if I had not had a safe place to go back and process it, I may have acted that out. And so I may have spent my entire adult life instead of with one fella that was safe for 35 years, I may have been in six, seven, eight different toxic relationships, you know, not knowing that that's what I was attracting. So when I can recognize that, oh, I can't trust the feeling of attraction, um, that that's very helpful. Because otherwise, we're moving towards what feels right. And if you have had childhood PTSD, if you have complex PTSD from uh, repetitive trauma, you cannot trust those instincts. You can't trust that uh, emotional feelings. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. This cycle is different from trauma bonding. Trauma bonding can have two broken people clinging to one another. They have developed fear bonds from their past and have insecure attachments to overcome. One or both people will build their identity in the other person and work on controlling the other person, but they lose themselves in their ability to grow and move forward in life in this process. Yeah, and I'm sure that this is much deeper than what I've written in this book, and it, it may have... Uh, more definitions, it may have more layers to it, but just having the word, you'll have some some ability to go and figure out how to research that so that you can heal those parts of your life. Because if I can just name it, that's half the battle. Man, I, I, I can go arm myself with a lot of information where I can get overcome that. So right here. In a relationship addiction cycle, it is beyond control. You may have 
started with a trauma bond but now escalated to an addictive level it is a devouring it is a devouring of another person for the thrill of the hunt or chase the relationship phase are cyclical cyclical and can be observed these relationships are not mature adults with good character they cannot develop in a healthy manner one or both partners can have narcissistic traits and be incapable of loving another the relationship can be very volatile 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 means uh um unstable so educating yourself in these patterns will help you to do what is best for yourself and to break free quicker with less emotional victimization you can stand up and guard yourself and exercise your no muscle when you recognize the patterns a good no muscle develops strong healthy boundaries to protect yourself so if you're in a relationship and you set a boundary and you get run over you set a boundary and get run over what do you think we should do Get away from it. Get away. (laughs) Back up more. (laughs) So a devouring relationship is not likely one that will ever be healthy. If you are in a marriage like this, you can stay or go. But the only way you can survive if you stay is to allow yourself the ability to grow and radically, radically accept that this person will not or cannot change. Mm Mm-hmm. Do not expect them to become someone different. They aren't. They aren't capable. They aren't capable. Yeah, they're not capable of changing. Keep going. Accept them the way they are or move on. It's the only sane thing to do. (laughs) So there's this radical acceptance that will give you freedom to move in and out of the relationship and survive. Um, It's still not going to be healthy. Um, but you're but you're not going to internalize what they're saying to you and the patterns that they're doing and this emotional highs and lows you're not going to internalize that you're going to radically accept that yep they go crazy about twice a week and i don't have to internalize it i don't have to fix it this is on them and own your own self and that's the only way you're going to survive it till you can build your muscle to financial muscles so that you can get away or so that you can just stay there and radically accept it and and have your own space within yourself. These patterns are usually romantic relationships, but dynamics of these patterns can be seen in work environments and with parents or siblings. This person may or may not have a history of mental illness. And a lot of times, uh, I had a lot of instability a lot of different patterns of thinking and confusion that i grew up with that i just carried into adulthood and and i knew that there was mental illness not in the in the sense that it was um so toxic that i couldn't move it but it was toxic enough to cause me constant suffering so when i'm suffering it's usually mental suffering and mental suffering is so much harder than a physical suffering. I would much rather be uh, uh, physically suffering than to mentally be tormented all day long. <laughs> so this ability to recognize when am I emotionally tormented, what is it that's tormenting me, is it's causing me to have some uh, lose my mental clarity, it's causing me confusion, it's sick. 
it's sick. So I need to name it as sick instead of repeating the same patterns over and over again. So if you're part of the problem in an addictive relationship, look at what's making you suffer and what type of behaviors you're going into consistently that you might want to work on. So the lesson here is intense passion uh, makes us addicted to love. Number one. A consuming and exciting relationship. That's the way it starts. You become the center of the world. Mm -hmm. Feel valued and loved and needed. Mm -hmm. Lots of affection and intensity. You become the answer to their emptiness. Now, at this point, when they have told you that, oh, finally, finally, I found someone that's going to complete me, you're the end, and you start seeing all this mental illness start coming up because this is something that can't be maintained, um, you might know it's not good for you, but you may not have the ability to back up because they've made you their source. Love bombing, a.k.a. emotional manipulation. Yeah. This can be real. It can feel like real love, but it is impossible to sustain long term. And the next si step in the cycle will ensue. Ensue. Yeah, will ensue. It means it will start. So love bombing is the first stage. Uh, and that's that can be a healthy honeymoon phase. We talked about that before. Or it can be emotional manipulation. And you'll know it's emotional manipulation when you go right back around this cycle and you end up there again. So the reality is you are their latest obsession. They are in love with the idea of being in love, but not with you. So appearances are important. You'll hear them talk about, oh, I have to make sure it looks good on the outside. Uh, lust is strong. It feels like devotion and true love. There's an intensely gratifying uh, relationship at the beginning. You are set up as their savior. This is the answer to the chasm of their emptiness. There's long talks. There's multiple daily texts or calls. Your time's being consumed. Other relationships are being pushed aside you start to lose your identity and now you're being molded into a new one and yet you don't realize it you think that this is um a attentiveness you you finally found somebody that's paying you attention you don't realize that you're on the verge of being controlled consumed and reshaped so here's some potential pitfalls emotionally unavailable trust issues mm -hmm. unhappily married now new source of ego supply. Yeah, so now they need a new source. They're unhappily married, so they're on the hunt for somebody that's going to feed their ego. Rebound. Yeah, they're consumed with grief. Man-eater. <laughs> they're playful and alluring. Womanizer. Addicted to the chase. Early recovery. So in early recovery, there's lots of instability. And the part of the brain that's... Um, triggered with addiction can also be triggered with uh, new relationships. Friends with benefits. There's commitment issues. Shrinking duties. Shirking. Oh. Shirking duties. <laughs> so they're looking for an enabler. They're looking for somebody to rescue them. So here's the four stages of devouring, the four stages of a relationship addiction cycle. Number one. Intense passion. Number two. Roller coaster. Number three. Trauma and drama. Number four. Chew up and spit out. <laughs> I've been around this cycle a few times. <laughs> so you got intense passion, roller coaster, trauma, drama, and then chew you up and spit you out to play the victim for their next victim. <laughs> so if this is the cycle of your relationship and you break up, you go back together, you break up, you go back together, you break, yeah, it starts 
every time with this intense passion. And then it starts right around the cycle again. So let's look at the roller coaster manipulation cycle. Discontent sets in, mm -hmm. mood swings, his or her way, ways um, are movable. movable. Yeah, you can't, you can't figure out what they want today. You feel like you are trying to hold the wind. Mm -hmm. Whatever pleases them yesterday angers them today. Intense emotional highs and lows. You begin the role of the pleaser. Lose of your identity, loss of your identity, and you are remolded into a fake self. So a lot of times we didn't develop a true self as teenagers. We literally had to um, be somebody else to please other people. So when I'm in an insecure attachment, I'm going to be a victim, a pleaser, a controller, a manipulator. That's just what I'm going to do when I'm insecure. I'm trying to find ways to manage this relationship. So a healthy relationship is secure, secure to come and go. It's it's carefree. You, you don't have to worry that when you say something, somebody's going to take it and think you meant something else. Ulterior motives and paranoid. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be safe and secure and, and staying in the present moment and happy and trusting. If you leave me, it's no big deal. You'll come back. <laughs> and if not, I'll bless you and you can go on. It's not going to be a lot of control. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So here we go. Your responsibility is to make them happy. Yeah, so if you're in a, um, a relationship addiction, they make it the other uh, one person will make it the other person's responsibility to keep them happy, like whether or not these temporal things are taken care of, whether or not the dishes are done, the car is taken care of, this is done, that's done. Um, and little things trigger them. Keep them emotionally stable in a full-time job. Yeah, it's a full-time job to keep somebody else emotionally stable. So if you're in a relationship addiction, you literally lose yourself to the point that you don't exist anymore. Your entire job is to keep that other person stable. Their eyes are at the end of the world. I want, give me, if you really care, a shower of satisfaction and gratefulness comes when they achieve what they want. Until then, what the next thing? Until they want the next thing. <laughs> until the, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, until they want the next thing. So, yeah. so when you do what they've manipulated you to do, they're very happy until they're not. <laughs> You've gotten about one minute to maybe one day of satisfaction, and then they start again going, now, if you really cared, and they've got the next thing that their eyes is on. So there's not a spirit of contentment here. There's... um always grasping, trying to get somewhere else. Um, so there's not an a internal happy heart that's their responsibility. They don't know how to maintain that. So they're always seeking somebody else to maintain their happiness. So number four. Cycle repeats. Yeah, it usually intensifies. And demands are even greater the second and third time around. Number five. Usually there is a new hoop, in t a new hoop to jump through every day or every hour. <laughs> Yeah, you did that, and I'll do this. <laughs> yeah, you did that, thank you, but now I'll do this. <laughs> so whenever compliment they're giving you, it, it's not likely genuine uh, because the next uh, demand is right at the tail of it. Whether they rage or laugh, there is no peace. So if a wise man contends with a foolish man, whether he rage or laugh, there is no rest in Proverbs 29, 9. The nagging and whining returns. So there's very much discontent. I want. Mm -hmm. I need only if a continual replay of old wounds. So if there's an argument, 
it's not on what's right in front of you. It's the last hundred arguments that's coming up. <laughs> and disappointments of old relationships rehashed. Yeah, you're just treating me like everybody else did. Everybody else has done me this way. So you got to be, you, you got to re- recognize that that's toxic, toxic signs in a relationship. Number 13, this is the final one in this stage. The agitation begins verbally and mounts unto, and, or until mm-hmm. they can justify their position. Sometimes the position is an act of violence, theft, cleaning out your bank account, or other violations towards you. Recognize the cycle. So if you grew up in domestic violence, you're pretty well used to this. Uh, you're pretty well used to somebody being agitated um, and demanding and bullying and manipulating and verbally bashing you until they can justify why you deserve a beating. So if you're in domestic violence, this is the cycle that's coming. So when uh, the contentment is, you know, they're happy with that thing that you did and you've got a moment of peace and now this whole cycle starts again until it ends up with your beating. And this is a hard place to be because what happens is you get confused and it comes back around to the safe spot and you're like, okay, we're here. They're going to stay here. But they don't have the ability to stay there. So a leech has two daughters and the leech cries give, give. Proverbs thirty fifteen. So a leech is a bloodsucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's sucking the life out of you. So if you're in this toxic relationship addiction, it looks like it changes, but it doesn't. It hits the cycle and it rolls right around it. So let's see what that trauma drama heat up this game cycle looks like. Eventually, no matter what you do, it is not good enough. Number two. Pushing buttons. Number three. Unreasonable demands. Number four. Just to see if you will play the love game. Because, of course, any boundary or, or no is evil and not respected. So a person in a relationship addiction one person's going to be like the victim and the people pleaser the other one's going to be the controller the dominant the avoider of truth they'll be manipulating truth saying that you didn't see what you thought you saw they'll be gaslighting you there's this game that they're playing and any and you know you know that it's a game because when you put up a boundary it's, it's not respected. Because if you're in a true, trusting, loving relationship, they're going to respect your boundary. Oh, you said no? Oh, then the answer is no. And they're going to respect it. They're not going to keep pushing. So let's look at number five. Comparison is made to an imaginary, perfect relationship. There's no way you can uh, come up to the level of whatever is in their imagination. Number six. Turning your words against you. Seven. Bringing up your past. Self-pity and tears is number eight. Number nine. Depression. Ten. Intense anger in them and or in you. Yeah, so if I'm uh, mirroring what they're doing to me, I'm part of the problem because I'm doing to them what they're doing to me. So I'm having all these quick mood swings too. Um, So I have become my abuser. I am abusing my abuser by fighting back. Instead of putting up a boundary and stepping back and saying, here's the line, I don't tolerate this. I'm moving out of this relationship until you can treat me with respect, till you can respect my boundaries, till you can get some help for your anger. 
um, if you're not doing that, if you're in this cycle and mirroring these same types of sick communication skills, you're part of the problem. So if your identity is wrapped up in another, you will re- feel responsible to making them happy and you'll be incapable of leaving. So at this point, you're likely to be chewed up and spit out So and where you're forced to leave. So number one. Confusion. Two. Blaming. Three. Name calling. Four. Withdrawal. Five. Silent treatment. Six. Obsessing. Seven. Slandering. Mm, yeah. Number eight. They live in fantasy and not reality. Pornographic. Pornography. Pornography is common. Obsessing is normal. Number nine. Then there is shame, guilt, or at the very least a distraction from reality through romantic thinking. Hmm. Number ten. Next, they twist. They twist it to make their depression or anger your fault or your responsibility (laughs) (laughs) i'm depressed i'm angry and you're the one that caused it because you upset me instead of being responsible for their own behaviors number 11 there is an attempt to control every aspect of your life 12 instigation stage this stage is important because it pushes you over the edge they blame you for the relationship failure this allows them to continue being the victim and shun any possible responsibility. Okay, so your dominant, aggressive, uh, controlling bully has now become the victim in this stage. And when they become the victim, it's so they can look for their next victim. So if you retreat or stay, either way, you, you've lost your identity. You will completely lose your identity of who you are with what you will and will not do and you'll be you'll be doing things and saying things and and cooperating with things that you never would have done you'll be walking on eggshells you'll think everything's your fault you'll be blaming yourself and beating yourself up you'll be trying harder thinking if i just if i just love them more if i just stay longer if i just hope more if i just could just get it the way they want it it'll work and it doesn't this is not about circumstances this is about the internal chaos that's inside of them that they're playing out in front of you so number six you become emotionally unstable as they convince you every day you are crazy and likely at this point of the relationship you may go into a psych unit you may go get drugs for your depression you may be convinced that you're the crazy one (laughs) and you weren't like that at the beginning so number seven you doubt your intuition. intuition because they tell you your perceptions are wrong. Number eight. If you start to figure things out, they switch game plans. <laughs> so if you can name the game that they're playing now, or is this the love bombing phase? Is this the roller coaster? Is this, you know, are they, um, you know, highs and lows? Is this the trauma drama uh, where we're having trauma over lost car keys? You know, just little teeny things, spilt milk. What are we creating drama over? I mean, it could be extremely minuscule. And it's going to be trauma drama. And then they're going to chew you up and spit you out. So if you can figure out what stage you're in, it's not going to affect you emotionally. And you'll be able to start protecting your heart. So number nine. You feel like their pet. They dropped off at the shelter or on the side of the road. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want you no more. There you are. I'll put you out in the woods. (laughs) Number 10. (laughs) Your goal is to return to the passion phase of 
true love. But that was their pseudo reality to get you on the hook and not with anyone's ability to recover. So they'll throw it back to you in a little bit, but it's never going to be as great as it was at the beginning to hook you in. So at this point, the relationship has not met their fantasy and it's got to be destroyed. The chase is over and lost is glitter and there needs to be a new conquest. So sometimes you are still the conquest. It just rolls back around and you and this person stay in this cycle at all times. And sometimes they move on. They go to another person. They do this whole cycle again. And when the other person isn't an easy target, then they'll come back to you. So relationship failure must securely be fixed on you at this point so that they can justify with a clear conscience, of course, how to play the victim for their next prey. This relationship addiction cycle is this this cycle is core to what relationship addictions look like so while evil men and imposters will go from bad to worse deceiving and being deceived in second timothy 3 13 so you need to understand is this a relationship that's growing and maturing and becoming healthy or is it going from bad to worse am i just being deceived and deceived and deceived some more if so you haven't got anything to work with to make this relationship healthy so you really have to set up boundaries and start working on yourself and when i'm working with people like this will if i hear the other person's name about 10 times in the first five minutes i'm like wait 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 back up back up <laughs> they're not here to defend themselves uh, they're not here for us to fix, manage, and control. The only person's here is you. So what are you going to do? <laughs> mm-hmm. And and just them thinking for just a minute. Sometimes they're stumped. I don't know. I'm I'm just trying to manage them, and it's like no. You what would you do? What what would you do if you were healthy? And they can usually tell me. So once the person has been done with us, or we set up even the smallest boundary, let's see what happens next. Number one, they play helpless. And distress and emotionally devastated. Devastated. Or devastated. Yes. And when they do this, the little nurturers kicked on and you want to go rescue them again. <laughs> Number two. They may look for their next victim. Number three. They push through every boundary. Number four. If you are not controlled, they are upset. Number five. They're Warped. Warped view of love is control. Yeah. They think if they can control you, that means that uh, you love them. But if they can control you, they lose all respect for you. (laughs) So you are rejected again, and it's a no-win situation. So what are some more symptoms of this devouring relationship? Passive-aggressive behavior. Mm. Anger and dominance. Mm -hmm. Cyclical. Cyclical patterns of dysfunctional thinking and behavior. So I, I see that at this point there'll be some bones that'll be thrown at me. So the bone throwing is where they pretend to return to this passion phase. This is using you as a pacifier or a comforter. They may return multiple times to play the victim in between multiple other tragic relationship breakups. They often keep empathetic past lovers on the hook while they are bored or look for a new lover to chase. If emotional tragedy strikes them and you have wiped their slate clean with forgiveness, they will return and repeat this cycle again and again. You have trained them to come back to you to regulate themselves. Just depends um, upon how meatless those bones are as to whether or not you're willing to keep chewing on them. So understand they are completely incapable of loving you because they don't love themselves. I think that's the root issue, Will. They don't love themselves. How are they going to love me? 
So here's the exercise. Evaluate your main relationships. Okay. So listen, evaluate devouring behaviors in our relationships, number one. Vanity. Which means um, they're uh, very arrogant. Number two. Searching for compliments. Three. Heart of a hunter, pursuer. Four. Never satisfied or content. Yeah, this discontentment is really big. Number five. Unable to ever love you because they love themselves too much and yet are very insecure. Yeah, they 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 have this selfish love for themselves, but not a sanctified, pure love for themselves. It's a love that uh, is grasping and trying uh, to survive. Number six. Frequent, frequent pity party galore <laughs> mood. Moody. Moody. Number seven. Emotionally, intensely. Al- Emotional intensity alternating with instability. instability. Yes. <laughs> Manipulating master. Mm. Refuses to accept responsibility. Mm-hmm. String of past broken relationships. Yeah, this was me in my 20s. I just went from one broken relationship to the next. And I'm so glad that I left that behind. Um but I could see myself doing this again if I didn't know what was coming, if I, if I wasn't in tune with these patterns. So when you've had a string of broken relationships, let's see what you've been doing. You've been making excuses for the person who's abusing you. Uh, you like to have intense consuming passion. You like the highs and the lows. Uh, you may be a control freak. You may be trying to control the little itty bitty things in your life that don't matter because you can't control what is important. Um, you may lack respect for yourself or for others. You may be surrounded by others who and who tell you what to do and tell you what you want to hear, but not they don't tell you the truth. Um, sometimes we become a real actor or actress. We become flirtatious. We are a seeking attention and pretty reckless. And Will and I was talking about this just yesterday, and this is kind of some of the stuff we we learned in childhood. We learned to disassociate from ourselves and become somebody different. Um, and I just don't think we learned a healthy identity. So if it's too good to be true, Hot passion, beware of lust. Yeah, be beware. If if what you're looking at, if you're starting to date a new person and it's just too good to be true, I want you to step back. Number two. Lust driv- drives True's. intense emotions. Number three. Intense lust can be a sitter. Sister. A sister to explosive anger. Uh-huh. Number four. Watch for road rage when they are driving. Hmm. Verbalization, Verb- verbalization, verbalization of excuses of excuse making, blaming and anger against authority figures, parents, teachers, ex- employers, police, etc. Yeah. So if there's a lot of blaming and a lot of anger and it's projected outward, it's going to be projected at you. If they project it inward, there's going to be a lot of depression. There might be alcohol use, substance use, because it's all coming inward for self-destruction. Emotional identifying markers. Let's look at what is emotionally going on that we might be able to identify before we get trapped in this cycle repeatedly. Number one. Whining and complaining. (laughs) Number two. Confusion. Number three. Demanding. Number four. Withdrawing. Number five. Unappeasable. Number six. Talking negative about old lovers. Number seven. Obsessive thinking. Number eight. Daydreaming. Number nine. 
fantasy vacation exploits. Number 10. Replace past offenses. 11. Guilt and shame drive them from reality. 12. They make up their own reality. 13. Lack responsibility to identify and work on their own excuses. Uh Uh-huh. Number 14. Everything is somebody else's fault. And the last one. Seeks lots of sympathy. Sympathy. Builds offenses quickly. Mm -hmm. So you're going to hear them take an offense against... uh, uh, other people in their life, against their parents, against their siblings, against their friends, against you. Uh, it's coming. And so you need to step back and realize that you're working with someone who's extremely immature and doesn't have the ability to stay grounded and stable for a solid relationship. So let's look at the application of why can they not love? They are enamored. <clears throat> enamored with themselves and possibly adorned. Okay in fine clothes to hide their insecurities. So people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing, (laughs) have nothing, to do with the have nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. Second Timothy three two through five. So here it is. Timothy is giving a, Paul's giving us uh, the Apostle Paul is giving us permission in the book of Timothy to have nothing to do with them. And sometimes you have to write that on your hand. Have nothing to do with them. Have nothing <laughs> so that you can break out of this cycle. Number two, they look at themselves often in a mirror. Number three, emotionally immature. They get their feelings hurt easily and pout. Or are moody. Mm-hmm. Number four. They are incomplete as a person. Number five. They have a divide, a oh. divided. Idolatrous. Adulterous heart and soul. Their heart is deceitful. It is divided. And now they must bear their guilt. The Lord will demolish their altars and destroy their sacred stones or their sacred images in Hosea 10 too. They walk in darkness, which means they have no real vision for their life. Your eye is a lamp of your body. When your eyes are good, your whole body also is full of light. But when they are bad, your body is also full of darkness. See to it that the light within you is not darkness, Luke eleven thirty four and 35. So I want to follow the light. I want to follow life and blessings and contentment and goodness, the fruit of the Spirit. I want to choose that. I want to choose uh, to serve the Lord each day. I don't want to follow after somebody who's uh, emotionally a yo-yo and pulling me like that because it's going to make me sick really quick. Number seven. They are double, double-minded double and unstable. He is double-minded man, unstable in all that he does in James 1.8. Potentially, you can still be vulnerable, valuable to them. They will think of a new plot and set up strategies to suck you in emotionally. Mm. The lure used is recapturing the intensity of a relationship you enjoyed at the beginning. When you take the bait, they get what they want. And then once again, you're used and discarded. Then the elaborate plan begins. It's all your fault. (laughs) (laughs) After all, accepting responsibility or 
respecting your boundaries is not even visible skill on their radar. (laughs) This is called a man-eater or a womanizer, but basically you are devouring another for your ego supply. Indulgence is intense sexual activity for self-gratification called hypersexualization, and this is often found with complex PTSD, that that part of the brain is just really hot. Possibly neither of you have enough maturity to be in a healthy relationship and are both emotionally unavailable. Possibly you have never known healthy connection and can only feel connected with sexual activity. Back up and develop your identity in Christ. Find maturity and stability within yourself. Hmm. So healthy relationships are sacrifice, servanthood, and other-centered. They're not Hollywood. (laughs) So the principle is? Relationships, relationship addiction sucks the life out of you. It does. So if you're in a relationship that's just literally sucking the life out of you, uh, make plans. Make plans. Uh, are you going to do radical acceptance and work on yourself until you can escape or until the other person settles down and you can navigate your way around this relationship because you got too much invested and you don't want to move on and you're, you've got enough good in this relationship to stay? And we do have a chapter on whether to stay or whether to go. We'll be going through. Or is this a volatile place where it's dangerous and you've got to get out right now? So what's the conclusion? Walk in your recovery one day at a time. Understand your addiction to relationship is destructive. Emotional immaturity is the center of the problem that empowers the addiction cycle. Speak truth in love. Make others earn your trust. This needs to be at least a two-year healing journey. Do not tolerate any anger or manipulation towards you or from you towards another. Oh wow! So I'm not or even yourself. To, yeah, I'm not even. I'm not even going to tolerate me being angry at others. I'm not going to tolerate that. I'm going to settle down. So, Lord, my relationships are painful. I attract toxicity. Help me to stay focused on you and my healing, so that I can become a whole per- person. Help me to identify where I devour or harm others. Help me to repent quickly and to be slow with new relationships. Give me the self-control that I need to do this and help me to set up strong accountability partners that love me and help me to return to learn to trust my instincts. Help me to have a health, healthy support system that can help me build a strong foundation so that I can safely grow and mature. And amen and amen. Amen. Yeah, so this is Angie Meadows. And Will. And we love you.